I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So hello and welcome to a very special Patreon edition of our podcast. I'm joined today by Martin Calladine. Martin, how are you? Hello, uh, I'm terrific. Thanks for inviting me on. So Martin, when I do these podcast episodes, I like to start with a bit of background just so that the audience have a sense of being able to situate you uh, in in the football media. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I, I write about the regulation of kind of business and sport with a focus on improving competitive balance um, and thinking about sustainability, but also the ethics of some of what's happening at the moment with the way that money is trying to intrude on football. Um, that started when I wrote a book about the NFL a little while back about how English football might learn from it, which wasn't especially well received. Um, but that's just continued, and particularly with Socios, it's something that's really captured my interest. Well, let's talk about Socios or Socios. You have been ahead of the curve on that. Um, so tell me about how you first came across Socios and, and we'll go from there. Well, it, it first came across in the middle of I think 2019, before they'd properly even launched their cryptocurrency. And I'd been writing about uh, a company called Owner FC and a scheme that they had. And shortly after that collapsed, someone sent me a press release from Socios um, announcing their link up with West Ham. And I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. I'll, I'll have a look into that. And I was immediately struck by what an absolutely terrible idea I thought it was. And then over the last two years, I've kind of been tracking their growth, writing about them critically. Um, but it only really, it's despite their rapid growth abroad, it's only really now they've started to get some salience in Britain with you know a number of Premier League signings. There's City, Everton, Arsenal, Villa, Leeds, all in a month that people are now interested, it seems. You know, more broadly, they already have Barca, Atletico, Juve, the Milan clubs, um, their NBA teams being announced at the moment. So their growth from inception as a sports brand to being kind of a, a global concern in just three years is genuinely amazing, but also from my perspective, quite concerning. At heart, this, this is just about a token, right, which you can purchase. So tell us about that token. Yeah, I think this is one of the things that has been difficult for people to get their head around is there are there are multiple layers to this business that it's offering and each kind of less satisfactory than the previous. Um, they pitch themselves as a fan engagement business. You know, they say, be more than a fan. And I think from my perspective, the way I want to argue it is I think they're a cryptocurrency recruitment business. 
But, you know, if we, if we take their word to start with, the core of the business is quite simple. It's an app through which they sell what they call fan tokens for each of their teams. And these are you know, digital assets. They're, they're not shares in the actual football club, but they entitle the holders to rewards and prizes and, crucially, you know, the power to vote on that club's business. And at that level, that, that kind of sounds all right. You know, like the polls themselves tend to be fairly unimportant things. Um, you know, what music should be played when the team scores, what design do we want on the on the team coach? Um, but nonetheless, I think, you know, so, you know, that looks kind of thing, oh, I might enjoy voting on that. Yes, it doesn't sound particularly important, but I'll go for that. The problem comes, I think, when you dig down below that first layer and answer the, ask the question, how many tokens are there um, and who's got them? And that's, I think, where it gets more complicated. And then on top of that, there's another layer in that it's not quite so simple that if you want a token, you can just buy it, right? Um, you have to purchase tokens in a cryptocurrency. So tell us a little bit about that layer. And you know, I think from a an unpacking perspective, it might be easier if I do a little bit more on the tokens and then dig down to it to explain how those things relate to each other. Because the cryptocurrency is the core of the business. What's built on top of that is the scheme to get you to buy the cryptocurrency. And so the way that they pitch it is that we'll give each ticket holder and each fan, you know, support member of the sports club, one token each. Um, and I was looking at the numbers recently. So if you look at PSG, who are the who've had a lot of action on their token recently, they've gotten you know, they've got an average attendance of a little over 40, 45,000. Um, so you know, how many people do they get going each year to a single game? You know, 300,000, 500,000 maybe, I'm not sure. But there are going to be just shy of 20 million PSG tokens available. Um, you know, so the, the question is why, why so many and who's got the other 19 and a half million? Um, and that's where it gets complicated because if this is a genuine fan engagement effort, I think you'd say, well, that's fine. We'll restrict tokens to just registered supporters, one each. Everyone's got the same voting power. But that isn't what they do. There is no restriction of any kind on the number of tokens you can hold or the number of cl- clubs in which you can hold a token. So you know, they, they, their argument is we're empowering international fans that can't get to games but still want to express their love. And you know, that's a perfectly respectful argument. I myself, as I'm sure you are, are fans of teams abroad as well in other sports. And I would hate for people to just think, oh, it's just some he's just some foreign fan who doesn't really know anything. You know, I you know, my love for the Cincinnati Bengals goes back nearly 35 years and is deep and profound, even though I don't live in Cincinnati. But they could have tackled that by saying, okay, you can sign up for only one club token, or we restrict it to one per person, but they don't. So you've got the answer, it seems to me, is the reason you put out all of these tokens is you make them available to anyone in any numbers is because you are trying to create a trading market. It's really that simple. You know, the, the situation you have at a voting level is that a Leeds fan, you know, suppose that they go ahead with this, you've got a Leeds fan who's been a season ticket holder for 30-some years. He or she get their one vote. and think, oh, that's great. But there could easily be someone just down the road, someone on the internet who's got 200 votes who doesn't go to, to Ellen Road. It could be a Manchester United fan. You know, why anyone would want to necessarily pay to, to influence that, I don't know. But it could be someone with no interest in sport at all. And that's the most likely bit. Um, and so you look at it and you think, nothing of this makes sense. You could just do it by by SMS or by email or in clubs existing apps because you already have the content. If you really wanted to poll fans, really wanted to engage, you could do that. So you think, okay, well, they don't. They have all of these tokens available. And the question then is why? And that is what comes back to the, the point is that because they have something to sell. 
They say they're a fan engagement business. And indeed, um, they specifically deny that they're a cryptocurrency business when people question about them about this. But the fact remains, the company is built on its own its own cryptocurrency, not using other existing ones. Um, it's minted, I think, like 8.8 .8 billion of these, of which about two-thirds are on the market. And so the question is, how do you get people to buy and use these so that the value goes up and so that the people who run the company become wealthy? Um, and the answer is, you get these clubs on board, you get the credibility that their name brings to it, you get some fans who buy some more tokens, and gradually, as people see there's an opportunity for profit as the value of tokens rises and falls, they buy more. And to buy them, they have to buy a cryptocurrency. Again, you could do this whole thing, even if you thought you needed 20 million PSG tokens, you could still do this in pounds um, or euros. But no, they're doing it in cryptocurrency. And that means you have a situation where the club tokens will rise and fall according to whatever the reason is. They will say fan sentiment, but it's my belief, and I think I can show that it's actually trading patterns. So those can rise and fall, but also the underlying value of the tokens in which they're denominated will rise and fall against actual currency because, yeah, I mean, I'm sure all your listeners will be familiar with Bitcoin if they know only one thing about it, it's that it spikes and crashes absolutely wildly. And from year to year, you could be looking at a, you know, a price rise of 10,000% or an equivalent crash. And so you have tokens which you have no real idea of how much they're worth now or will be worth in the future. Um, and the only people that I can see that can possibly benefit from those are those people who hold these tokens and are hoping that they will appreciate in price so they can make Bitcoin-style returns. Um, and that is, in effect, the core of the business. When you strip away all of the, the strange voting mechanism and they're not restricting it, every decision they've taken everywhere down the line if they've built this business is to suck as many people as they can, to encourage as many fans to put money in and start inflating the value of the tokens and inflating the value of the cryptocurrency. It has, in my view, almost nothing to do with fan engagement at all. Yeah, so there's there's obviously a lot of layers going on here, but to just summarise what you've said, um, these these football tokens that socios offer are essentially a gateway drug into a cryptocurrency that is basically using fan culture as a way of bringing punters in. And what's happening you're you're suggesting is that um there are investors out there who realize that this is a good way of a potentially maybe a naive market in that sense um that you'll get a lot of people investing in it who maybe aren't that invested in cryptocurrency so that you'll see this the, the values of of those tokens rise um so that uh, investors can at, at some point start selling off when they re they feel as though that the value of that token is, has peaked um and so what you'll see then is probably a market crash um is that is that a fair summary i think that's it's a very fair summary and and that's not merely a hypothetical i mean i think you could you can extrapolate from the idea of having lots of new users lots of tokens and rapid pricings to to recognize that that's going to create opportunities for traders around the world but in fact we've already seen it i i monitored um atletico madrid tokens in the run-up to their title win and around about february or march time they were only worth about 15 of these 15 to 30 of these units as it became clear they were in with the chance of winning the title the price began to rise and rise and rise um and then the, what i thought was really interesting and i monitored this on a minute by minute basis as the final you know the deciding game was taking place which swang backwards and forwards as atletico went behind and then scored um, and I think you would expect that if Atletico were to win the title for the first time in a number of years, that their fans, seeing this new method of expressing love, would pile into it and the price would continue to rise and perhaps be around 
now where it was when they won, or maybe even up. But actually, what happened is that the price peaked dramatically at about 180 of these currency units at about 70 minutes. So not even at the end of the game and not when the title had been confirmed. And then a massive and rapid sell-off took place. And within 24 hours, the price was pretty much back down to where it had been a month or two before. And the same has taken place in this last week with PSG tokens, as Messi has signed. There's, there was a huge and pronounced rise, which peaked from what I could tell, you know, half an hour to an hour before he signed. And then they've drifted right back down to where they were. And this is, you know, that's the classic signs of people, um, you know, getting ahead of the game, trading on what they think is anticipating people's sentiment and then cashing out. And behind that, you can, you know, there are tools you can look at to see, um, not individuals, but the size of various holdings in the currency units and in the actual tokens themselves. And because the company is, you know, it talks about 20 million tokens, but from what I can tell, it only drip feeds you know, different tranches of tokens for each club time at the moment. So there's not 20 million PSG tokens available yet. And the Arsenal tokens launched yesterday, but only 2 million of them. And so what it seems to be is that there is a small number of wallets, maybe as few as 50 or 100, who hold huge numbers of tokens, huge numbers of the currency. And then you have you know, all of your little investors, your fans, they have no chance against these kind of big investors who themselves might be releasing their holdings to the market, which, you know, if, if it's the company doing this, you know, as they will have a significant reservoir of the tokens and the currency when they created the company, you know, do they announce this? On what basis do these people, do they release the tokens? You know, what are the criteria? What access do you have as you know, an investor in these things to actually understand that? And is that not a a kind of a conflict of interest for them as a service provider to football fans who are also themselves profiting. So we know, for example, that a significant amount of their early stage investment came not in the form of cash purchase into the business, but in the form of purchase of the cryptocurrency units. So the only way those investors get their money back is if the crypto goes forward. Now, of course, that's that's their, if in effect, their vote in the in the potential and in their belief in the product. But you know, there is clearly, in my view. There's, there's different tensions pulling different ways. And the people in the middle who've got no opportunity to influence this are the fans. Um, and I mean, I think we're going to come on to talk about, about regulation, but I would definitely like to say a little something at some point about the way this is marketed, if that's okay. Well, let's talk about regulation now, because I think that's, uh, I was I was thinking up a question about regulation, because it seems as though this, this sort of system is ripe for manipulation. Um, it, it feels as though there's so many layers, layers upon layers, where you're, you're sort of backing yourself to, to maybe even obfuscate what's going on. Um, so you, you have that top layer, as you've said, which is these fan tokens, which makes uh, everything seem as though what you're doing is great, some kind of authentic way of expressing yourself as a fan and you've talked about all the jargon that's attached around that you then have the ability for all of these tokens to i I suppose split off into different markets so each club has its own market so you've got ways of uh, investors being able to dip their fingers into each of these markets in different ways you then have the cryptocurrency on top of that which again offers another level where you know it feels as though there's 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 a ripeness for manipulation so i guess my question is is have you seen any indication that there's going to be any regulation of these markets and do you know anything about the laws which surround these sort of cryptocurrencies is is there a sense in which this has been done through crypto in order to um, I, I guess avoid laws about the, the gambling commission because we know that the gambling commission are tetchy at the moment. We've seen what happened with football index. Um, there have been other 
options, other, um, I guess, football gambling options out there which are being um, curtailed at the moment. So what do you know about the, the regulation side of this? Well, that's kind of an, in- an interesting one, isn't it? So I think it, the football index is a really important kind of milestone in this because it was, it was although there are, you know, there are very definite differences, there's a, a strong uh, kind of um, analogy in that you had a, a business that, you know, in their case, they pretended to be like a, a kind of a, a fan trading game, sorry, a player trading game, whereas in fact it was partially disguised gambling. And so there was clearly people who went into there, you know, we've all heard the testimonies of people losing tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of pounds there through the kind of the addictive and engaging nature of these trading things, which is, I think, pretty much mirrored in um, the, the, the fan token situation, albeit without the kind of the um, the bonus and the real money that people used to get paid. But it was a disaster, seemingly regulatory, and it collapsed. And a lot of people have said that the Gambling Commission, um, you know, were kind of asleep at the wheel. Now, no, perhaps they dispute that and we await a, a kind of a full outcome of that. But there at least was somebody kind of who was supposed to be watching. And I'm not uh, by any means an expert in the regulation, but I read up a little. And the FCA publish a little bit about cryptocurrency, which is as good as admits that they are behind the curve here, that there's there's a lot that isn't regulated, that they can't yet regulate or that they don't know how will be regulated. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to quote that actually on, from their website. It, they describe cryptocurrency assets, which includes Chili's, these fan, um, the, the, the cryptocurrency units as very high risk speculative investments. And they say that if you invest in cryptocurrency, you should be prepared to lose all your money. Um, and they say more than that, that there is no real, that in most cases, if you are, have a problem with trying to access that, those tokens and, or transfer them into actual money, that there's no recourse for you. There's no overseeing body. Uh, and so the kind of, the you have a, what's in my mind, undeniably a, a financial product, you know, an investment opportunity will be seen as such by people, which has an, an element of gambling in and it doesn't seem, or at least by the way they promote themselves, to be being constrained in the way you would expect. So you know, what I was referring to earlier with their marketing, with their Arsenal tokens, they did a, a little explainer which described the cryptocurrency as being just like buying um, foreign currency if you're going on your holiday. And, and that is staggeringly misleading, so completely and obviously misleading the way it mischaracterizes the product and ignores the risk of this. Because, of course, if you go on holiday and you buy euros and you don't spend them, you know that you know, in 12 months' time, you will be able to spend them and that their value will be you know, within a few percent what it is today. The same just can't be said of cryptocurrency. And everybody knows that, that if you buy some today, it could be worth nothing tomorrow or it could be worth 100 times that. And if you're depending on that, if you've made plans based around that, then you can easily run into trouble. So it, to me, it was it'd be the equivalent of like Barclay card saying, you know, spending on our card is like borrowing a tenner from a mate and then not saying anything about the APR. And you look at all of the other regulated industries like alcohol, tobacco, medicine, all the way through. We know that even if there's just, you know, they're, they're just little disclaimers along the bottom that someone is watching and that you know that there are rules with which they're supposed to behave within. Now, I don't know quite what the regulations are that they're supposed that's supposed to constrain them. But when I look at the, the obvious conflict of interest in that business model and the way that they are presenting themselves, which you know at, at best is I, I think mischaracterizes themselves and at times I think edges over into um, untruthful statements about what they are or ones that are so partial that it'd be hard to sustain. Um, it, it really, really concerns me. Um, 
And if you look at the speed with which they're just rolling out now, I mean, they're, they're saying they're going to roll out seven NBA teams this week. We must assume that they've already reached a massive scale that either they will settle down and come to be seen as a big, respectable business that will maybe be, you know, some kind of big multi-billion dollar company in a few years' time, or they're creating a market. And they were boasting the other day that there was a billion dollars worth of tokens traded in one 24-hour period. You know, even if most of those tokens, even if most of that cryptocurrency is held by individuals, um, but sorry, by a small number of, of very large investors, that's still an enormous market. And you know, in all likelihood, those big investors will be beginning to slowly cash out, I would have thought, as, as more currency comes into the market, as more tokens come into the market, they will start to move some of that out. And the people left holding the bag potentially is going to be football fans or kind of people who thought that they could make a bit of money from this. You know, anecdotally, I've already heard from some people who were into football index that they were already also in socials or switching their kind of their efforts there people who i know are football fans but who are primarily treating this as a trading game and it deeply deeply concerns me and most of all nothing i say or have been saying seems to be disputed by the company they, they largely ignore me that's fine I, i'm nobody um it's only now that we're beginning to see some of the newspapers do more than just copy their press releases you know, there was talk the other day that they that Messi is taking part of his salary in in PSG tokens, but they didn't tell us how many. No effort was made to verify that at all. Some uh, kind of scrutiny is going to start emerging, and I worry that when it does, that it will already be too late for a lot of people who have lost a lot of money. Uh, just a point of clarification: you mentioned the FCA, that's the Financial Conduct Authority, who are an independent financial regulatory body. I just thought I'd mention that for our listeners who don't know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I guess I, I kind of want to push you on the... on the. We, we've compared this to the football index. Obviously, football index, I, I think, is is you've already mentioned it's open for for people to lose a lot of money i think that this is slightly different in that what 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 is happening here is that there's a sort of carpet bombing approach to um just generating value in markets and using 
punters as football fans football fans as punters as a way of just ramping up the um the the, the market itself so what you're doing is you're you're in effect just minting these tokens giving them out to a to a to a bunch of people uh and and i i guess from there attempting to get them um into this market so that they'll spend more of their money but at the end of the day it seems to me that that those people are then just going to be used to farm value and we we are at a stage of late capitalism where everything is about how do you create value you've got to create it somewhere and we've we've gone through like early capitalism where you know there was a, a one-on-one val- correlation between you know the the things that you were trading and and their inherent value we've got to a point now where things we, we we've got to create more value we always have to make the markets expand and so what we're doing is we are just trying to create value out of nothing and and i, I think for me uh, looking at it as an outsider who knows very little about anything to do with economic markets, but it does seems to me as just a way of being able to generate a market itself out of nothing, and then hope that you can farm that market for for what it is, and then move on. And so the fact that there are potentially many clubs where you can do this, you can bring in millions of football fans around the world, but also the fact that you can have you can have a market like Atletico Madrid that you've mentioned, which you can farm at the when they're playing at a peak, where they're about to win the the league. Uh, sell everything off, reduce the, the value of that down, and then move on to another market and look for that value rise and, and, and just jump from these pots uh, around. So to me, this, is, this isn't so much about you know, getting people addicted to gambling. This is, this is more about just picking on naive fans who are, are doing things, I think, out of, the, out of a desire to support their club and using them as, as sort of guinea pigs to, to put a bit of money in and then eventually farm that money up to the investors at the top who understand how these markets work and, 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 and will be the eventual benefit, benefiters of this, of this whole system. I, I think that's, that is absolutely right. I mean, it's, imagine if Panini not only printed their own stickers, but also printed their own Panini pounds and you had to buy the Panini pounds before you could buy the stickers. It's as basic as that. You know, you print off a piece of money and you're writing your name on it. It's backed by nothing. But, you know, I thought you'd appreciate this, this whole scheme. You know, it's the genius of capitalism. Like, can you imagine anything more cynical than, you know, only months after the creation of the, or the attempted creation of the Super League, where fans were crying out, you know, issuing, the, you know, some of these clubs who are now signed up, their fans were issuing demands to have members on the board. That that's what's being pushed for, you know, at the fan-led football review. And at that time, when those owners had supposedly never been weaker, never been more open for, for, for fans to have a proper say in a club, here we come, something that looks just like that, but is nothing like that. And all it does is it funnels pro- proceeds to offshore companies and, and investors who we know nothing about. It's, it's, it's a simulacrum of, of fan engagement. And you know, it, it's something I've been thinking about for a while. In many ways, it's kind of the realisation of our worst fears that right when we thought we might have something, it's actually the confirmation that we will never be anything more than customers to these people. It's, it's a really... It's the time of it is is so so shabby, and it seems to me that the, the you know it points to the the problem with with the mindset of, of club owners is that I I don't honestly believe that they really understood what they've signed up for the speed with which has happened that I, I do because the sociology pitch itself and and you know the other side of this is I you ought to give them credit for, for what they've done is the pitch itself is absolute genius because they built the platform. They do most of the marketing themselves and they come to the clubs and they say, lend us your brand, let's access your fans. And in exchange, we give you like the original documentation said 50 plus percent of the original of the initial token sales. Right. So if they sell a load of tokens, many of these clubs will have had low single figure millions of pounds extra. Right. 
And if it fails, they've lost nothing. It's a one-way bet for clubs, which is kind of ironic because most of the people behind Socios were involved in poker originally. So you know, it, it's a phenomenally clever scheme of the kind that you sometimes look at. And again, I should be clear that I'm not alleging criminality, but you look at stuff like this sometimes and you think they're ahead of, of what is and isn't illegal. That in years to come, you, you, you shouldn't be able to do things like this. But still, it happens. I want to touch on the, the club side of things because this is a Leeds United podcast and I, it's easy for, for me to, and you to soapbox here and, and, and talk about the things that we're concerned about. But I guess I'm interested in what you think, what, what Leeds fans themselves should be concerned about here. I mean, I think we've given a, a fairly good indication of like the, the bases of, of what's going on. But um, I think the worrying things for me that I've seen from, from within the club is um, Angus Kinnear gave an interview on a podcast this week and played a lot of this off as just, you know, an, an innocent sort of, uh, game that the, that the club are just allowing people to play um, sort of suggested the whole thing was a storm in a teacup and that people are, are concerned about something they shouldn't be concerned about. But I guess my my question is like, what should fans be doing to to counter this? Because one of the things I find is that we are so powerless as fans these days. You, you alluded to that in, the, in your last answer. Um, it becomes more and more obvious every year that despite the fact that clubs are trying to argue that we are more authentic um, and, and using that authenticity almost as a, as a, as a form of branding. Um, despite the fact that that's happening, we are less and less able to, to, to actually engage and change the, the, the things that the club are. So I'm always, I'm always super keen to talk about like, what should we as fans do in response to this, this issue? So I wonder if you could touch on, on any of these things, like what, what should the everyday Leeds fan be worried about here and what should they do if they are worried about it to, to maybe mitigate it somewhat? The first thing is you know, talk to other fans and spread the word because as I think you're rightly suggested, it, it's perhaps not as damaging to individuals as potentially football index was, but some inevitably some fans of some of these clubs who did not previously have substantial gambling problems will become involved in addictive forms of trading and will make and lose enormous amounts of money. And we know that that has implications for people's mental health um, on, a, on a very significant scale. And so you know, we all look out for each other and, and talk about it and make sure that people understand this is not some unimportant thing, some minor little commercial arrangement. Beyond that, um, you know, it, it's happened so quickly, the ramp up, that it's beyond, I think, any fat clubs, the power of any fans to prevent it happening at their club, or even to to do anything to substantially affect the scheme, it's it's happened now. They can roll out new clubs quicker than fans can get out statement condemning it. Um, it just happens quickly. So I think the the only practical thing, other than I think you know, people should be writing to their clubs. It's a really silly old fashioned thing, but write a letter and, and explain that you're not happy. Is that the the primary thing we have? I think for for delegitimizing this in future is for fans to refuse to download the app and refuse to accept their free token. Um, because what will happen in inevitably is that we will start to see reports, I think, of wild swings on this, of people making or losing a lot of money. And then people will say, okay, well, how many fans are actually doing this? How many are actually involved in this? And, and all that fans can do is say, we had nothing to do with it. You know, that they gave us, you know, 80 or 100,000 tokens of the 20 million. You know, so, you know, even if we'd taken up our full you know, 1%, we'd have no, no say, is you can just have to refuse to download it. Beyond that, I don't think there's anything practically we can do. This is happening over our heads, out of our hands. 
Well, Martin, thank you so much for, for chatting to me today. I could have talked about this for, for a good long while, but I'll let you get on. How can our listeners follow you on Twitter and find out what you're putting out there? I have a Twitter handle, which is at UglyGame. Um, and you'll see hourly complaints about Socios uh, achieving little traction at all. Uh, beyond that, I, I write and am I'm working on a new book, which I hope will come out next year. Um, but I would say thank you so much for inviting me on. It's been a real pleasure, and it's really good to finally start having these conversations with people about what I think is a really important and underexplored area. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.